Hi, you're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. On this podcast, we discuss our relationship with food, whether it is easy or less so, and how it affects our behavior. I suffered with eating disorders for years, and it took everything to pull through. Now that I'm at the other side, I want to open up the conversation, find out how other people manage this basic and most fundamental of relationships. I'm taking a light approach, but I think if this area of our lives is skewed, then so is the rest. It's never just about food. In this episode of This Food Thing, I'm talking to dancer-turned-personal trainer, the fabulously flexible Charlotte Tooth. Hello, welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. (laughs) Would you like to say something about your fabulously flexible career um, or yeah. how you see yourself just so people know a little bit about you yeah sure um thank you for having me first my of all. pleasure um and yeah I started as a, a, a professional dancer I, I moved to London from up north to um to pursue that career okay um ended up doing both dancing and personal training okay um partly because dance jobs don't happen all the time mm-hmm. you know you're in mm-hmm. and out of it um and partly because I just had a thirst for it as well and now I have a, my own business. I'm running online classes. Um, Fantastic. And personal training. How's that going? Really, really good. Really great, yeah. Um, we've got people joining in from all over the world right now. Um, we have a couple of people from Australia, Switzerland, Germany, uh, France, um, and then obviously the UK. Amazing. So, yeah. so do you have like a kind of mission statement or something that sums up your work and how you want to be perceived? Yeah, so I think... Um, for me, I just want people to feel that fitness is accessible and you you don't have to kill yourself or injure yourself to get nice results, but also um, get results that are good for the mind as well. Um, I, I send out emails regularly to all my clients speaking about the benefits of exercise that have nothing to do with the physical appearance. Okay. Um, and I speak about how it you know can prime your brain for intelligence and how exercise can be a mood changer, how exercise can help you feel stronger in, in other areas of your life. Um, so we don't necessarily focus on the physical all the time. Okay, okay. So, knowing that, how would you describe your relationship with food? Friend or foe? Oh, that's very hard. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> particularly in your world of dancing. Yeah, I think it's it goes up and down over the years. I think that's a very squiggly line. Can we of, start um, at the beginning? Yeah, so I think... Um, so food in the dance world... When I was in that dance world, for example, because I'm not in it so much now, but it was quite complicated, um, especially when you are in a dancer's world, you are often around eating disorders. Okay. Um, so often... what would you say the percentage is of your, I don't know, your year at college? Um, I think, yeah, I think a, a great portion of the year had eating disorders, but it was like functioning eating disorders. Like most people were still able to get to class and do what they needed to do and kind of not many people would know what was going on. Anorexia, um, bulimia. Anorexia, yeah, bulimia. We had we had girls in our year that had to, um, they were stopped from doing physical exercise because they got too thin. Wow. Um, and they had to sit and watch the ballet class, which I think is obviously the worst thing for them because, yeah. you know, they're watching something that they really want to do. But yeah, and I, I actually lived with a girl that was... Um, anorexic so and how were you in that I group it was really weird I think when you because when you're young and impressionable you start like you start thinking that that's normal yes so you're like of course it's normal to like only eat half your plate and then push the other the rest in the bin so you feel good that you didn't eat it all like of course that's normal or you know like it, it, you just start taking on other people's behavior because you think that's that's the normal or that's the way you should be what was your um, behavior though 
Um, I mean, my behaviour, I just, I loved food. Like when I was growing up, I, you know, I ate just whatever I wanted. Um, when okay. I got to college, there was a few comments from teachers like, you know, you'll never make it big if you're not this size Small. or this shape or, yeah. Right, okay. Um, and so my behaviour when I first got to college was like, oh, I need to lose some weight. And one of my first ballet lessons, uh, uh, and everyone still remembers it from my year, um, our teacher, I won't say the name, but she... she <laughs> say it, say it. She said... <laughs> no, don't say it. <laughs> uh, she said, she said, Toothy, I can see your breakfast. No way. Yeah, she said, And I was like, <laughs> okay. And to be fair, I had, had like, a relative... Like, we were staying in these, like, really terrible uni, um, like, apartments. So, like, I, I had stuff that naturally just bloated me a little bit. So I was just a little bit bloated. Like, at the time, I, I didn't really understand, like, you know, what foods were, you know... Okay. ...suited my body and things <clears throat> like that. And um, But, yeah, so I just remember feeling like, oh... So, no, but you must have felt more than oh. Yeah, no. How did you feel? So I remember being like, okay, so I need to lose weight. And at the time, that's when I was living with the um, the anorexic girl. Right. Um, so I thought, okay, so how do I lose weight? And I wasn't a personal trainer back then. And um, so my first point of call was to go straight to the gym and do loads of cardio and, and try and burn loads of calories. And um, Did you I, lose weight? I did, I did. I, I lost a, a lot of weight by the second year. I wasn't ever, like, I wouldn't say I ever got to a bad place, but I, I got to a place where people were commenting on my weight a lot and saying, wow, you look so toned, you look so thin, you look great. And it was it was almost fashionable to be thin when you're at college. Of course it is, particularly yeah. if you're a dancer. And did you like it when you were complimented? Um, I'd hate to admit it, but I think yes. Yeah. You, you, I think when you're in that stage of your life, uh, any attention or any sort of... Um, when people notice your change, it, you just you just like it. It's just attention. So you've restricted your food. So which is <clears throat> excuse me, which is like the anorexic way, mm -hmm. and you're dancing, and you're you're young. But, so you have a lot of vital energy anyway. Then mm. did you struggle to have enough energy to dance? Because um, I would have thought that would be a conundrum a lot of the time. And yeah. I, I mean. Most dancers restrict their food, don't they? Yeah, I mean, for, like, because it was such a hard course, like, it was a degree course with, like, you know, like, the hours of a stage school. So, for me, like, I, I thought I was just tired all the time because oh. it was a hard course. I never, ever made the um, assumption that, oh, I'm not eating enough for you me to... You never made that link. Yeah. And then so. everyone around you is tired, aren't they? Yeah, everyone's tired all the time. Which you would be anyway, even if you're eating properly. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's, because it's exhausting. But I, I don't think I would have, like, I remember aching all the time. Like, it's like okay. I wasn't recovering properly. I remember, ate, like, I'd go into ballet the next day and, like, the first time we did a forward fold, so where you bend your hips in half and lean to the floor, every time, like, you'd just hear everyone groaning around you, like, oh, because, wow. like, it's just so painful all the time. Wow. Um, but, so, but you thought it was because you know just because it was hardcore course and you know the teachers say this is what it takes to be a dancer so you just assume it's that's how it is but I think if I didn't I'd have eaten better if I would understood how you know um I need enough protein to build muscle I needed this to do this um I would have perhaps had an easier time and that yeah sure that clearly wasn't there at school no not at that, all yeah do you yeah. think that's there at school now on dancing courses, or do you think it's just steeped in the old ways? I think a lot of a lot of what's available at dance schools is steeped in old ways because the people that are teaching you are teachers that have been performers mm. and not necessarily <clears throat> teachers that have trained in nutrition okay. or in you know um, 
the the body very intensely. So I already like from what I know about science right now as a personal trainer, I look back and I'm like, what I was taught was actually completely wrong and right. the opposite to what we should have been doing in terms right. of like stretching or you know things like that. So yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of teachers that have been there for a very long time and they don't quite understand how to fuel the body and what it needs to do. It's, it's like, you know, like an athlete. We all take athletes very seriously. We're like, they need to eat this, this and this. They need to sleep. They need to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, dancers are athletes, but people yeah. people just forget that. And um, Did you do yourself any long-term damage, do you think? Um, and how much were you restricting your food? So, can you outline a... I mean, a brief day of food. Yeah, I remember thinking, um, so I, at the time I was at that uni place, I told you, there's sort of halls. Yeah, um, it yeah. wasn't linked to the to the the university itself. It was like a separate one that I just found because I was stuck right. for somewhere to live. And I remember actively missing breakfast on purpose so that okay. I restricted my calories, getting to college early and going to do some cardio. Right. Um, and then the first time I would eat would be after ballet. So ballet was always like 10.30 till 12. So the first time I would eat would be you know, I'd already done like four or five hours of physical exercise. Wow. Because um, I would warm up before ballet as well. So it'd be like half an hour of of burning calories and, and moving. Yeah. And, and then you um, restrict your lunch. Yeah, I restrict my lunch. It was always something small. So like a little like cereal bar or a snack bar. Which That's was, not a lot, is it? No, it's not at all. And, and then I'd get back and I would, eat, I, I would eat normally in the evenings, but it was always the first part of the day I was trying to restrict just because I felt like I had more control over it. And then it. would you go crazy at night time or would that be restricted again? Um, at night time, yeah, I mean, the, the the food at this particular place I was staying at was nicer in the evening as well. So in the evening, I'd be like, okay, cool, I can eat what I want. But then it was always followed by feelings of guilt or... Was it? Like, I shouldn't have had that dessert. You didn't or, get rid of it? No, definitely not. No. Okay. It was really hard. And and that was for the pretty much the whole of our time at college. Um, so until so you yeah. were 21? Yeah, for sure. Like wow. for Yeah, and you think that as 21-year-olds, you think you have a better grasp on the on the world and uh, yourself, but... Yeah. No. no. <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. Um, but it didn't help where I was living. Like, that first place, the uni place, was, you know, the food wasn't great, and I didn't really enjoy it. And I also grew up with very plain food. I wasn't used to different types of foods. So how uh, how was food when you were growing up and in your house? Who was responsible for it? How did you all share your food? Um, so my mum was mostly responsible for cooking, um, but we lived a very humble life up north when I was growing up. So up north, up north, <laughs> in a box, in a box, box. in a cardboard box, <laughs> <laughs> with my camper van. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it was camper van, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so mum was responsible for most of it, and um, there wasn't. I, I would say that. Not necessarily because we were so poor that we couldn't eat very much. It's Did just you have that, enough money for food? We had enough money for food, but we never just, splashed out. Right. Yeah. So there was always a lot of bills coming in and a lot of stress. Did you have um, a cupboard with food in it or did you, was yeah. it a bit hand to mouth? Okay. There was always food in it, but it was always very much like, you know, low budget, kind of like, you know, lo- loads of potatoes. Like, right, you right, know. yeah, So all the stuff that you could buy in bulk. That of course. Wasn't, um, I mean, it, it was fine. Like, we did, we, we always had enough to go around, but it was always, very plain um nothing too fancy it was always you know meat and two veg type of thing and a strict <laughs> schedule of meals throughout the day it was quite sporadic actually um tell yeah. me about that so it depended on what was going on in the family home as to what was going on with the food so if there was something going on in the morning like one of us was playing up you know it would be you know shove it in a piece of foil and get out the door sort of thing um food i, I loved food, food at school because that was always at a set time and for me i really enjoyed it um mm-hmm. 
And then obviously when we got home at night, it just depended on what was going on in, in the family home as to when we ate. Um, but I remember a lot of the time, like me and my sister both being really quite hungry at like sort of 10 o'clock at night and sort of comfort eating, like crying and being like, oh, can we have some food? Because like, you hadn't had enough food? Um, because we, maybe we'd eaten too early, for example. Like if we got home from school at like four o'clock, five o'clock, then we'd eat and then we'd be hungry by the time we got to bed. So you'd um, cry when you went to bed because you were hungry. I'm <laughs> happy, <laughs> me. Yeah. It's hysteria. No, it's not a stereotype at all. Let's not go there. Um, so what would happen? You'd cry, and would you then get fed? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. And we both got used to doing that as well. We'd be like, can we have a cheese sandwich, please? Wow. <laughs> um, but it was, I mean, it was It was partly because both of me and my sister loved food as a comfort. Um, okay. Um, Does your mum like food? Yeah, I think did so. She like, I mean, did she like cooking it? I think she... she yeah, she enjoyed cooking. I wouldn't say that she um, she had the time necessarily to do it because she was juggling three children and we were all a handful as well, like, <laughs> as most kids, kids are. Yeah. Um, but I think... Where was your dad in all of this with uh, looking um, after the family and food and... He didn't really have much of a, a step into... I mean, it would, ha- it would help sometimes on, like, dishes where he felt like he could help, but I think my mum is more of a capable cook. My dad's kind of there in the background. OK. Um, so he didn't do... Was it, so much. was it used as a currency? Sometimes, like, especially with my sister. Like, she, I mean, both me and my sister, like, are very emotional eaters. Like, when we get sad, we're like, oh, we need food. Do so, you? You eat so, when you're sad? Yeah, Do you eat sure. when you're happy? Um, I eat, I tend to eat, then I'm happy. Because, <laughs> because when you were a kid, yeah. you were sad because you were hungry and you cried, and then you got fed. And I got fed, yeah. yeah. And how is your sister... Is she different from you with, with food? Does she...? I think I've I've gotten over it a bit more than she uh, has. Like, my sister is an incredible cook. Um, okay. She um, she actually used to do, like, private um, chefing for, okay. for, you know, somebody. And she, she makes the most incredible meals. And her meals now are all very fancy and, you know, very, you know, different ingredients from places you, you know, ingredients you've never even heard of. And I'm still in the in the mind of, like, very plain meals, like, same, right. same all the time. Um, but, yeah, I There's mean... There's a she, comfort in that, though, isn't there? Because then if you... Yeah do have issues around food you can re- regulate it yes. and you don't have to make too many decisions yes because you, you know what you're going to take the decisions out of it yeah yeah because yeah. otherwise it can just be yeah whereas my sister on. she loves an abundance of food like i know when i visit my sister the the food cupboards will always be completely right. full right um and she would have already made like three dishes before i arrive and um, wow. so it's like an abundance of food whereas for me i'm like i like to know that what's in the cupboard is what i had the previous week or the week before and it's just like a, it's almost like a routine but for me i i mean i, I love i i'm very boring with my food like i love the same things and and i i love feeling that i I don't know, like, I know I know what's there. Does that make sense? Of course, it absolutely yeah. makes sense. Um, I have bags of crisps sometimes in the cupboard, and I don't necessarily eat them, but I just like knowing they're just there. Just like having them there, yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. I've got a bag of crisps in that cupboard, I'm not having it. You should see how much tea I've got in the cupboard. Like, I just, I'm a tea hoarder. I'm like, when you came today, I was like, can you have some tea? Take my tea. Yes. Um, well, you yeah. fed me. You made me some little, lovely little... Little bites. I little love baking. Bites. I do love baking. Um... So you like providing food for people? Yeah, yeah. You I like feeding people? I like giving it like a host thing, like having people around and cooking for them. And Do and you have foods that are off limits for you? Um, not necessarily off limits. I will eat, I will eat anything, but I'm, I had this embarrassment when I first moved to London um, with a few different people about um, me not understanding what different foods were. So they would be like, oh, should we have this? And I wouldn't know what it was because from my humble northern beginnings I wouldn't even understand it you wouldn't understand it no (laughs) 
You're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. Welcome back with, to This Food Thing with Charlotte Tooth. So you came to London and you weren't sure about certain foods or what yeah. they were called. Yeah, I mean, so... Like, <laughs> and this is an apple. No, <laughs> apples were okay, mostly, mostly. We well, you know, we, we know you've got the humble potato. <laughs> I've, got the pota- I've got the potato and the pie down. Good, um, good. Yeah, no. So, for example, like, if we went to a restaurant that had anything a little bit fancy on the menu, I wouldn't necessarily know what it was, and I was too embarrassed to ask people what it was. So I would just go for the same thing all the time. I used to live off, like, chicken and potato, or like something right. very, very simple. Okay. Um, do you still do that? Um, sometimes. I mean, I've, I've branched out a bit now and I'm very brave with what I eat. And I think also because I grew up with not much money, um, yeah. I was always worried about getting something and then not liking it and wasting the money. And so did you, <laughs> did you used to go, if you were in a restaurant, would you or did you or do you scan the menu and see expensive dishes and think, oh, that's not for me, it's too pricey? Yeah. And yeah. do you feel responsible for the person who's paying if you're not paying? Yeah, That for you've sure. got to keep your price down? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Whenever I go to a restaurant, I think we've been together a few times to play, like we went to that place in Chelsea and uh, straight away I'm like right let's find the cheapest and the most expensive because one of them I will probably have and the other one I probably won't I mean I'm better now but I (laughs) yeah yeah. those things stay with you don't they they do they do and it's so silly because I can I can feel myself judging myself for doing it and saying come on Charlotte don't be stupid like if you want something lovely today go for something a bit more expensive or okay um but yeah there's there's almost like a guilt of I shouldn't spend too much money on food because you're not Worth it? Well, that's not how we do it in our family. That's not how we normally do it. You know, you know, you should, you should, you know, food is for energy and, and you know, food is, food is for, you know, cosy times at home, but that's it. You know, you, you don't need to overexpend on it. Do you think oh, some, somewhere within your psyche, it feels like a betrayal to your parents? Yeah, maybe it's a bit excessive or like it's like showing off or like... Showing you know, off, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's definitely a sense of that when I go home, like people are like, you, you don't sound like you're from Burton anymore. You, you sound different, you do, love. I'm like, yeah, because I had to go and do voice exams and I had to, you know, right. I had to train to be an actress and, and you have to lose your accent a lot of the time to be taken seriously and to, yeah. you know, you will know that in voice work, but, you know, like, I, I, I don't know when my accent changed or, but I've, I've worked with like Americans, Australians and... You still have a Northern accent. I can do hear I? it. Oh, good. Yeah. It's, it's not really broad. No. I know, people say, oh, I sound posh, and I'm like, no, I don't. And I listen to myself, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> and I'm not Yes, posh. I am. <laughs> no, I'm not, really. Um, so how do you feel about eating in public? Um, I do get nervous, I think. I think, um, it, well, there's, it feels like there's too many decisions to, to process. So the first one is obviously the the financial part of it. The second part is obviously like, is this, veg- I'm vegetarian now, is this vegetarian, is this... Um, and why are you um, vegetarian? Um, I just stopped enjoying meat. I didn't really enjoy it when I was younger. I remember when I was probably 10 years old, I remember saying to my mum as she gave me like a, a bacon bap, I was like, mum, what animal is this? Oh, did you? Yeah, and I was like, mum, like, and, and at the time we were, I think we were driving somewhere uh-huh. and I could see the animal that we were eating. I, I was just like, so we're eating... So which part of it is it? And it just all clicked. And I just remember thinking from that point, I don't really enjoy it. So red meat was kind of off the cards for me, apart from maybe like Christmas. But I did eat, I stayed with chicken for a while. And then, yeah, and I had some bad food poisoning a, a few years ago from, I think from meat. Um, and that really put me off and that was it. I was, yeah. So when you, I mean, the whole thing about protein and particularly if you're exercising and maintaining a certain weight, 
Mm. We've been told you must have animal protein, lean protein, wild lean protein, goes on and on and on. Yeah. That's quite something, isn't it, when you change over? Yeah. What do you... I mean, this is... I didn't... What do you eat for protein? Um, I mean, there's, there's actually loads of protein sources as a vegetarian. It's yeah. just that you might need to supplement certain things that you won't necessarily get, like certain amino acids are not available. I can't remember off the top of my head now, but... B12 like, and B12, There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I supplement B12. Um, I don't know, I forgot that then. It went completely out of my head. Um, but yeah, like I have a lot of tofu, tempeh, um, uh, edamame beans. Like I do still have eggs. That's the only thing that mm-hmm. I really have that's close to sort of animal products. But um, yeah, there's, there's ways and means to do it. And I supplement with a really nice um, vegetarian protein um, powder as well. So I bake with it. I make shakes with it and things ah. like that. And, um, so yeah, it's just really important for like obviously keeping the body going and, and... Do you feel different, the energy that you, that's provided by your the food that you have now? Can you remember how you felt when you were eating meat compared to how you feel now? Yeah, I mean, I just... I feel like I just didn't get on with meat. Like, I felt quite heavy afterwards and, like, like I'm, I'm only a small person and I think mm, that... Tiny. And, I, like, you know when you eat and you have, like... You just feel tired for, like, ages afterwards. I don't yeah. feel like that with vegetarian food. Like, right, right. Um, for most foods that I eat, I feel very energised afterwards and, f- like, food for me is very much how do I feel during what I'm trying to do because I'm, I'm very focused on my career and movement and I love exercising I just think that if the food can complement that then that's great and if I'm eating meat and I'm feeling heavy and I'm feeling like I need to sleep after every meal it's probably not the right food for me well but I don't think you're uh, I don't think you have food issues in the way that they're destructive I think possibly they have been mm. I don't mean I'm sitting here like some great god <laughs> saying yes i understand everything and this is this is what it is no for but you. you've been around it a lot and you understand it yeah, yeah. but i think that I, I think exercise is your thing yeah yeah so uh, i'm sure there's been times in your life when you've over exercised definitely can you yeah. talk a bit about that yeah it's I the mean, same driver isn't it the it's engine the same room thing. the engine room's the same yeah yeah no exactly so you know it, it if you feel like you're putting on weight or you don't physically look the way you want to look, most people do two things. They either go and kill themselves in the gym or stop eating and, right. and try and do it that way. And, right. um, and they're just essentially attacking the same thing, which is any energy balance, energy mm-hmm. in, energy out. And for me, at one time, like exercise, the problem with me is exercise is kind of two things is that one is that it's, um, it's very joyous for me. Like I love movement. I love the way it feels. I love tapping into what's going on in my body and my feeling in space it feels really good but then on the other side it's like it it does feel to me like I'm very aware in the back of my head like this is burning this many calories or this is doing this for my body or this is toning this. Are you? Do you have that voice going on when you're exercising all the time even when you're teaching? Uh, not when I'm teaching. When I'm teaching, I'm very. It's like a very different mode. But right. when I'm exercising for me and for yeah. my body, um, there's definitely the dancer's voice in the back of my head. Like this is toning this, and this is how you need to look. And this is. Wow. Um, and it's it's quite hard to get out of. Like I've, I found myself doing it this week. I was I was on the beach exercising, and then a group of men walked past and made a comment about men. me. A group men. of men. A group of men. <laughs> um, and they made a comment, and then I was like, Did oh, they? Yeah. Of course yeah. they did. And they want to because they're a group of men. Of course they do. <laughs> Primal. Primal they are. No, not all of you. Um, <laughs> sorry. But yeah, no, and I find myself just um, making judgments about myself and, and then starting to feel like, well, God, I need to do quick, more of this. Oh, no way. Yeah. You thought I've got to do more from that one comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quick, isn't it? Which is it's funny because then I'll get back out of the cycle quite quickly, but it's um, it's very easy to fall back in because of the back... I was in the dance world for 10 years. Like, 10 years is a long time to be impressionable. I've only been out of it for a year and a half. 
So it's, it's, ah. and I, you know, I'm training right now to be a nutritional coach. I've, I've trained in a lot of these things, but I'm still uh, able to dip in and out of, you know, those places. What did they say? Um, I, th- I can't remember exa- exactly. It was something like, he, so he was standing over me and I was like on the beach. So I was quite low down and he was like, I could come down there and join you with that off. I was like, oh, really intelligent. Yeah, and I was like, okay, that's fine. And it wasn't derogatory or anything like that. But then I was like, started thinking about like making judgments about my own. Ass. And and I was like, what is is it is it big? Is it small? Or is it you know like, what, what does How he mean bizarre. by that? That ass? How um, well, he was complimenting you clearly. Yeah, but I obviously couldn't take it <laughs> because have, of the way he was given. Can I have your number? <laughs> Just let me finish this exercise. I'll be with but you no, in a moment. It was really gross. He had his top off and everything. It was all very like right, yeah, in your face. Brilliant, but. Um, but yeah, Isn't that interesting how quickly, I completely relate to that, yeah. how quickly uh, someone else's opinion or comment is absorbed and you take it in mm. and it just kicks it all off. Yeah, and it's, it's such a weird He would cycle. have no idea that that happened. Oh, no, he was, you know, walking his dog, had his top off, had a great time. He's just getting a little tan along the seafront, you know, mm, like, mm. whereas I'm, I'm sat there thinking about my body and um, I'm like, you know, I, oh, well, I am a little bloated today, but my is, you know, this is, and already, like, I'm going through the different thoughts. And, you know, it's easier for me as a person to coach people out of thinking like that than it is to coach myself. Of course. See, we can always teach what we can't do. <laughs> so how, so now you have lots of clients. Yeah. Um, I've also seen your dance, you dance and you're brilliant. And actually, one thing I want to say, well, you're, I don't do any social media, but I have seen some of your Instagram stuff. <laughs> and you are the kind of girl that I would have looked at when I was 21 and gone, <gasps> amazing I really want to be like her oh my god she's this she's that she's so thin she can move and I know you're a fantastic dancer and you are very very flexible yeah yeah um so you are one of those images that lots of people are going to look at and want to be like yeah and want to attain and it's just not attainable for everybody. No, not at all. It's really hard as well because a lot of what dancers pop... So a lot of dancers will go and get a photo shoot and in this photo shoot, the photographer is trained to make you look a certain way. Yeah. So there'll be, you know, top lighting, side lighting to give you definition in your muscles. Right, right. Um, and I, I can 100% say that the images that I have on Instagram, I don't, I don't look like all the time, which is why I put stories on of me where I'm demoing something or so they can, people can see that my weight fluctuates and this is normal. Okay. Like, well, because I don't follow you like that. I don't yeah, know yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. So like, and like the images are there as a sort of, like they're used to give a message or they're used to say something, but like, I don't look like that all the time. Like a lot of the photo shoots I would have um, been in a calorie deficit for to look a certain way. For example, like a lot of the ones that are on recently were um, for a, a clothing brand that wanted a very balletic looking figure. Okay. And obviously with balletic, you're very slim and they gave me a certain size of trousers, which were very tight. And I was like, I didn't want to be awkward and say, so sorry, can, you, can I get the size up? And can I get this? And so- if, So did you diet? Yeah, I did a little diet. I did a lot of uh, gym training. I mean, I looked healthy. I looked well. I had a lot of muscle on me at the time. I was training a lot. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know like that all the time. Like, weight fluctuates. It's normal. I thought you jetted down the street, you see. <laughs> no. <laughs> Plieing around every corner. <laughs> Plieing around the corner. Yeah, and splits. Splits, splits in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how, how do you, with your clients, because I'm sure clients, do you have clients who... Um, offer up that they have issues with food or eating disorders do you have to be vigilant and spot it do you encourage i mean how do you deal with all that 
Yeah, so um, most of the people that come to me come to me for movement-based stuff and they they don't necessarily want to chat about diet or food, which is interesting. Um, But I have had a couple of instances where uh, it's been very obvious that there's an eating disorder. Um, For example, a couple of them have told me, but they've they've mentioned, you know, I'm seeing someone or I'm seeing a a person for this, I'm getting therapy for this. So... um, in a way, I know that someone has got their back and someone is helping them, but I, it's good for me to know so that I can train them in a way that doesn't speak about the body in certain ways. So like I'll, I will never, with a client that I know has had a history with eating disorder, like speak about like muscles as much, like, oh, you're toning this or, or you're, this will make you leaner in this. Like, because obviously we know a lot of these things will, but like, I'll speak to them very differently about the feeling of movement and how this relates to their everyday life and give them just a different, um, okay. give them a commentary that's completely different. Right, um, right. So I'm dealing with like maybe two or three clients right now that I definitely know have eating disorders or have had a past of them. Right. And um, we, we just speak about exercise very differently. Um, and... Yeah, and I just encourage them to have a healthy relationship with exercise as opposed to um, using it to punish themselves or using it to burn calories. Um, yeah, because I know that I've been there before. Um, what about but, when you were choreographing and choreographing and working with other dancers, you know, you're doing a show or something? Yeah. Anything so to say about that? Yeah, I could definitely notice that... Um, I mean, when I was when I was the choreographer, I didn't have necessarily many issues myself because I didn't have to be on the stage and mm-hmm. I wasn't in the mm-hmm. in the spotlight. But I I definitely noticed some issues within the group. So I, I mean, my my way of doing things is is trying to refocus people's energies onto something. So I wanted people to really get into the show and get into the storyline and things like this, and and not necessarily. Um, spend their time like judging other people's weight and judging other people for oh she's put weight on or this that, and the other like mm. it's just not necessarily in the re- in the rehearsal room that mm-hmm. sh- that mm-hmm. shouldn't be happening <clears throat> what's me? it like with the um your, you know your colleagues is it very competitive or um I mean, obviously not an audition because of course that's a competition an audition yeah. isn't it you're yeah. wanting to be chosen but um i think like most of your colleagues and friends, if they are dancers, are going to be competitive in their nature because that's <laughs> unfortunately the world of what we what we do. And I, I mean, I'm very lucky. I have a group of girlfriends that are all very supportive. But I think previously I've been in groups where um, judgments are made about your body and how toned or fit you are at the time right, or, right. you know, your weight. So I think I made a decision quite quickly and quite early on, probably mid-twenties, to get out of those circles and spend less time with those people. Have you ever been um, told by a casting director or anyone at an audition that you don't look right for the part? Or Actually, interestingly, just as I was leaving college, uh, my singing teacher, who does a lot of casting, said I was then too thin. He's like, you're not going to get any work because you're too small, so height-wise, oh, thank you for telling me something I can't change, and you're too thin. How did you feel when he said, you're too thin? Um... Well, that year I'd worked so hard on my body and eating well, and actually that was like the end of the the end of the year was the most balanced I'd ever been with my body. Um, so I was eating a lot, like I was I was eating well, I was eating good foods, I was eating nutrition like nutritious stuff, and and I was exercising like regularly but not obsessively. So it was all a bit like thank you for shooting down all of my efforts when I finally got a bit of a hold on everything. Um, but yeah, in auditions for sure, people like. You, you can see they, um, there's one audition where they line you up and all dancers will know this audition. I won't say their name, but they line you up in bikinis um, uh, at the end. 
and select you via looking at you in a bikini. Oh, oh and it's, oh, it's all done via a very old man sat there at the front, <laughs> bless him. Um, and you're sat there, you're stood there in a bikini and all the girls are like literally pulling all their tummies in, sticking their chests out. And it's yeah. just the worst environment to be in, the worst. You're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. Welcome back to This Food Thing with Thank Charlotte you. Tooth. Uh, I don't know if I want to say any more about being selected in your bikini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you start thinking, is it me or was it the bikini I was wearing? Yeah, Maybe exactly. I should have gone for the orange one. Oh, the orange one is it much was the better. wrong colour. The wrong colour, there you go. <laughs> how did you feel, concise now, how did you feel standing there being judged? Because you're not moving, you're just standing there. And how did you feel afterwards when, I don't know if you were accepted or not? Unworthy. Because already they are looking you up and down and checking, like looking at your legs, your your feet, your, you know, you're in a size order. So I was one of the smallest. I was at the, the, the left side of the line. Right. Um, and you, even, even when you haven't, you, if you might have been selected, even if you didn't know, you already feel unworthy because... And, Who's selecting you, male or female? Uh, there's one main male man that makes all the decisions oh. and then there's some female assistants underneath him. Um, the male gaze. The male gaze. But it, this is normal in the dance world. Like, yeah. I didn't know any different at the time. Like, I really, I thought that this was a normal thing to be judged by. And, and you know, obviously they have costumes that need to fit you and they have certain mm. things that need to look a certain way or, like, you know, certain heights look better on stage together if mm-hmm. there's one tall person short. But, you know, like, it, it did get quite excessive in some auditions. So, yeah. Mm. Okay, bearing that in mind, if food was a character, do you know what that character would look like? Oh, I don't know. You know the um, the Tasmanian devil, the thing that does like a speedy, like really, really quick turn and then he sits next to you and he looks really happy and really good and then speedily goes away. And What does he describe know. what he looks like, if you don't um, know? So he's, he's a big, brown, fluffy character. And he's he, fluffy? Um, is he fluffy? I think he's fluffy. Oh, it's been years since I've seen him, but it's just, it's more the way he is. Like sometimes he's still and he's calm and then the other time it's erratic and he's, wow. he's speeding away and yeah. And he spins so. around? He, spin, he spins around really, really quickly. Do you know who he is? The yeah, vaguely. Vague, yeah, it's been years since I thought about it. But yeah, and he speeds around and he moves really, really quickly. So for me, that kind of signifies that sometimes my relationship is okay and sometimes it's a bit rocky and it moves a lot. And, yeah. Um, and I think that also for me as a, you know, I, I, I do movement for a living. Obviously, lockdown has changed. But for me, like the actual process of eating was always quite rushed and quite, in the oh. last few years, it's, it's felt like food has been my Tasmanian devil because I've had to chase it and quickly eat. And, then and you can never quite away. grab hold of it. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's so interesting. Mm. What colour is the Tasmanian devil? I think he's brown with little cream bits. We're going to have to Google it in a bit. Yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. He's a sweet character, but he, he does run around a lot. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and I know that you um, live with your partner. Uh, how is it living with someone who doesn't have issues around food yeah. in the same way that you do? Yeah. I has think that helped? It, it has helped for sure. Like he really enjoys food. He enjoys cooking. Um, he enjoys my cooking even better because I love to feed people, right? Yes, and it feels of good to yeah. you know host and make a cozy home and right, right, um, right. but yeah he You he, don't get stressed if ten people were coming for dinner, you wouldn't get stressed. 
Um, I think I would get very stressed about the judgment of whether what I make is good enough because I know my humble beginnings. And of course. I, I know that buying potatoes yes. is normally on the menu. Yeah, um, in all those restaurants, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I think that... Um, but no, I think now I really enjoy um, either going out for food or having people around for food. Like, I, I just like the social element of it. And I, I love the fact that the stress is taken out of it, especially over the last couple of years when I've not been in the dance world. Like, yeah. food is so much more enjoyable now than it ever was. For sure. Like, I started looking at recipes and, and oh, started wow. cooking new things recently that I have never done before. And, and allowing yourself a... a- a wider variety of food. Yeah. And or food trying, that you might have denied yourself. Food that I would have denied myself or would have felt like, oh, I can't eat this. This is too, right. too, too, po- too posh for me. Too posh. It's yeah. never too calorific. It's always too posh. Too posh or or, or too expensive. What's a posh food? Oh. Oh. Let Pick me. a posh food that you go, oh, that's not for me. I'm so <laughs> humble. Oh, my gosh. I can't even think now. Caviar. Caviar, that's yeah, a posh food. that's a posh food. Or like some certain like there's some it's fish, also not vegetarian, fish stuff. But, not vegetarian, you know. but there's like certain fish things that I would because I, I really don't enjoy like the texture of fish. Like I'm really funny with it, but like someone told me once, oh you can buy this quite expensive fish. It's obviously very expensive, but it doesn't taste fishy, and it's this, that, and the other. And and I was like, yeah, yeah, I could. But it's very expensive. I can't do that. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea what type of fish you're talking about. <laughs> I have about. no idea either. I but can't remember like now. Tr- yeah, or something like a truffle. Yeah, you know, something that's yeah. Yeah, something that wasn't. Too, I mean, I'm not very great. I don't. I've never really eaten fish that much. But something that was a bit more of an expensive type of fish. And they said, oh, you know, if you get this, sure, with this, sure, this will sure, taste sure. amazing. And I was like, yeah, but that's like now twenty pounds for the whole meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for yeah. me, thank you. Not I'll for just me. Have a bowl of water. Pass my potato. Yes. <laughs> yes. Raw. Yeah. So that leads me on nicely to saying what this is. I'm asking everybody these questions. I keep saying on all these uh, interviews, you're on a, you're on an island, Ooh. and what five foods oh. would you take to an island? Uh, you have a store cupboard, okay. So you've got salt and pepper, oils, salt and pepper oils, all right, condiments, etc. Yeah, but five foods. Is it a cold or a warm island? I don't know. It's your oh, island. okay. Because it depends on the time of year for me. You can right? pick your island. It depends. You, oh, yeah, okay. It's, it's okay. yours. It's your island. All right. I would probably take. Um, is this cheating? A, a Sunday roast? Yes, it's oh, cheating. Oh, no, I love a Sunday <laughs> roast. Take a potato. Take a potato. <laughs> Do you know what? I would probably take, and this sounds so blooming no, millennial. No, take what you want. Um, my Sunday roast, I'm going to count as one because I'm just cheating. But without the, the meat. Without the meat, yeah. Without the meat, are you on your nut- <laughs> It's a meaty <laughs> island. Um, no, I'd, I'd take a nut roast. Okay. I do love a nut roast. Um, and then I would probably, because I'm obviously cheating now, um, I would take... Oh, four more. One nut roast. Four more, okay. I do love dark chocolate. Okay. This is very much a comfort thing for me. Like, you'll, you'll find me just, just before my menstrual cycle, like, oh, I need dark chocolate. I'm yeah. sad and everything's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love bread. Uh-huh. <laughs> like any sourdough so, bread. Like you're so guilty. Yeah, I know. I really love, I just love bread. Like I, I could snack on bread all day long. I'm okay, like, so nut roast, yeah. dark chocolate and bread. Bread. And then two more. Um, poor blueberries. Mm-hmm. Just love the way they feel. They're mm-hmm. nice and juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, last up. 
I really just love a protein shake. Like I think they're very satisfying. So I just take my protein shake with me. I, I use Form Nutrition Protein Shake and it tastes so good. Do you remember Nesquik um, uh, powder that you used to put in your milk when you were a kid? It tastes just like that, but obviously better. Um, but it tastes like that. It's a really nice little milkshake. Other powders make. are available. Yeah. <laughs> and other, other flavours are exclusive. Charlotte, too, thank you very much no, for being thank on you. this food thing. It's been fantastic. No, thank you. And thank you for being someone so easy to talk to as well. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'd love to know your favourite bit from this episode. Let me know on Instagram at This Food Thing Podcast or join us again in the next episode. <laughs>